Hello dear listeners, welcome to the Yannick on Chelsea podcast. Sorry if I sound ill, that is because I am. Yes, I have the plague and I might not make it. But that doesn't matter because we beat Man City. Um, Yeah, fortunately this podcast was recorded yesterday when I wasn't as ill. So I don't sound as bad. I was um really uh, pleased to welcome Jimmy and Andy onto the podcast from the Attacking 2. Uh, these guys know their football, they know their Chelsea, and we have a great podcast. You guys are going to enjoy it. <clears throat> and as I keel over and die at my studio desk, I say, please enjoy this episode. <laughs> Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcoming to the podcast, both Jimmy and Andy from the Attacking 2 podcast, an excellent podcast, if I do say so myself. Gents, how are you both doing? We're, we're doing fine. Cheers for inviting us, uh, Yannick. Pleasure. It's a pleasure to be on your your podcast, um, and we're excited to be here. I think, speak for us both there, right, Andy? Yeah, it is indeed a pleasure to be on here. Thank you, it's man. our first feature away from our own. We feature guests every week, but oh. we haven't featured anywhere. So, well, that's yeah, excellent. really looking forward to that one. And I think we have the best week to do so. Mate. Because what, after that win, what amazing. What a debut. What a debut, Andy. Yeah, was, um, yeah, it could have been a very different uh, podcast in terms of theme. Although there is one thing that I want to take to get through before we uh, go on to the Manchester City win. Just to let the listeners know, the format today will be in two parts. We will review the excellent win against Manchester City at home. And then in the second part, we will preview our upcoming two games against Mulvilly, to which we've already topped the group, and away at Brighton, which has got Andy sweating a little bit. <laughs> but before we get into that, a very serious point um, regarding the allegations, as it stands, of racism towards Raheem Sterling at Stamford Bridge. Um, I'll get on to get your take on it, fellas, in just a second, but um, I'm sure the opinion is shared between us that, you know, the... 99.999% of the Chelsea fan base does not condone racism or any form of uh, abuse of that kind of uh, level. Um, in my opinion, even if, uh, you know, he, he didn't use the word black and was just doing some other form of abuse, they they look like animals, those guys, the way they were abusing another human being close to him um, just for playing a sport that he's paid to do. Um, so before I get your thoughts on it, I just, I just want to say... I think those people should be banned regardless just for representing the club like that so in such close proximity to the player. Uh, and also, I want to get both of your thoughts. And I think it's... I don't want to spend too long on this, but I think um, it obviously gave Raheem an opportunity um, to make that Instagram post where he addressed the media and did that comparative story about, you know, the this young City players, one being black and one being white, buying, a, a, I think, a house for their mum and how that was portrayed differently. So... If they, if he you know if he can get some if he can shed some light on a dark situation, not obviously it was a bad thing to happen regardless, but I'm glad he sort of turned that into something that hopefully could be positive. So I want to get both your thoughts on it. Um, I'll start with you, Jimmy. If that's all right. Well, I mean, <clears throat> as I really said, uh, it's, it's something that's horrific. Uh, no football fan in the world, it doesn't matter what club you support, should be ever doing that, throwing some racist slurs at another player, whether black or 
any other ethnicity. It doesn't matter. It's it's just a tragedy because it doesn't seem as if Chelsea is able to get out of this conundrum, this stupid spiral of some minority of the fans constantly coming out and doing something absolutely stupid. And, you know, think think about Chelsea as a whole. I mean, you're, you're making us look, or all of us look bad. So kick them out, get them banned. It's, it's ridiculous that we're living in the 21st century and that this kind of... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed... Are you sure am I allowed you to swear, swear on your... Go feel like yeah. swear. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, and that this kind of crap is still around. I mean, if you think about it, this guy is an absolute idiot. Half our team has, uh, for example, uh, Caribbean uh, ancestry. And he's calling one of them... Uh, whatever names he was. And there was even a, a, a black guy behind him and he had mm. the, no decency whatsoever. It was, it was, it's tragic. I, I mean, this guy should be banned. He should be prosecuted and no mercy should be shown to him. Mm. He, I'm glad that they showed his face and regarding the, just to finish things off, just regarding the uh, Sterling's uh, statement and the newspapers, that he should be taking, you know, should be taking up some consequences and responsibility as well. I can only agree with him. I mean, what the Sun's doing, especially the Sun, but, you know, there are a few others that are just as bad, like the Daily Mail. Yeah. It's, it should be, something should be done against this. I mean, I know, you know, free speech and all that, but for Christ's sake, I mean, it's so blatant, their racism in in their articles directed at, for example, Raheem Sterling, it's just baffling how no one is doing anything against this. I mean, isn't there some writing association or ethic association or committee that would step in and tell them, "Hey, you have to you have to do something about this"? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just baffled about that. Some form of quality control. Um, yeah, well said, mate. Before I just I just I think I read some some whether they have been uh, suspended uh, pending permanent ban, which I think is probably inevitable. Uh, Andy, what are your thoughts on all that, mate? Mm, I think it's 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 four people they have banned now in whichever shape or form. I I really have to say like. I get the impression that this is rooted somehow in, in, in our history and it's really tragic. We have always been the white boys from West London and re- in recent years, the club became more and more diverse. And as a result of that, I think it's it's the last couple of, of sorry dickheads um, being at the bridge and, and still giving us the bad image that can't be can't be an image for the whole club because I think, as you said, 99% of, of uh, people going to Stamford Bridge and supporting Chelsea are not racist thugs, but unfortunately some people are still there and mm. uh, that, 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 can't be, that can't be acknowledged by us and uh, has, has, to be, has to be dealt with with everything we have. And I think the steps the club has taken, the steps Raheem Sterling have, has taken, um, really good, good steps to not only um, get racism out of our football because... Um, that is one thing that always baffles me because when I play football and I played football for all my life and I've played football with so many different ethnicities, yep. uh, when I step on the pitch, everyone is the same and everyone is, um, you know, the referee doesn't make an exam, uh, an, 
that does doesn't take any actions against black players because they're black players. No, everyone gets treated the same, and it doesn't matter if you have rich parents or not. It doesn't matter if you're coming from Africa or Europe. And I think it's about time in in the 21st century that fans also buy into that and make football the equal game that we want it to be. Yeah, yeah, well said, mate. Um, and, you know, the sheer ignorance of it all from these certain individuals that some of our greatest players are black and half the team's black and the whole of our academy is basically uh, of, um, you know, some sort of African descent. So it's just, just, this, it's just the sheer ignorance is mind-blowing, isn't it? But like, like you um, sort of both alluded to, I think... Uh, uh, it is a great thing that they've been highlighted and circulated on so social media. It's it can be quite. Um, it's not like a. You know, I don't I don't take pleasure in any of it. But you feel like there there is a sort of inevitable justice from the modern day exposure. But I yeah, I want to move on. But I think we all share the same uh, opinions as all good uh, Chelsea fans should. And um, that now we've uh, we've gone through the sort of uh, darker phase of the uh, of the. Uh, evening, afternoon. Uh, let's um, let's move on. Right. So the exciting part of the pod, the um, <laughs> the completely. I, I don't know what you guys predicted pre-match of this game, but I um, <laughs> I, I I was sort of I, I was sort of thinking if we could somehow come away of a two-two with the sort of crowd behind us, that would be a huge victory for us. Um, we got lots to talk about. But um, Sari, there was this whole thing, wasn't there, about you know Sari's lack of a plan B or how he wouldn't adapt or a certain stubbornness in the manager. But although he played the four-three-three, the you know people could argue that no, they just played like Sari ball plays in certain situations when they have to, or because he didn't change the formation. Obviously, the only notable change is Hazard playing as the false nine. Um, we can get into that. It did look like he did sort of come out and say like alluding to he never really enjoys playing that role because he doesn't touch the ball but he got two assists um there was shades of uh playing like we did on a conte in terms of the word suffer came out a lot <laughs> from all our players <laughs> afterwards but i think that's okay because they know this general sorry philosophy isn't to suffer it's to express and enjoy but um you know, we can pick up on whatever you guys want um i'm gonna let you guys just talk about what you want with it before we can to and fro but let's start with you um andy uh how do you feel about the game i i mean uh, without putting words in your mouth i'm gonna assume you were pleasantly surprised <laughs> <laughs> i'm absolutely but, yeah but like yeah so let me yeah. before I, I do want you to just talk about bits that you enjoyed and highlighted the game is but uh, how much did you lose your shit when Kante scored that goal? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was it was it was just amazing. Uh, that that's kind of like the moment in recent years where we used to concede and then like one minute before half time we scored a goal and I was I was losing my nut first of all goal. and then second of all I was thinking about um that Barcelona game at home in 2012 mm. when we were suffering defensively for 90 minutes yes and and I think it was kind of like around the the, the 40th minute when Drogba scored the 1-0 and we kind of kept it kept it going and then came away with a win and the rest is history so Absolutely. immediately that that was in my that was in my brain mm. and yeah we we carried on like that and I was absolutely delighted with that game matter of fact 
that is that is a funny story maybe uh, before the game we um, we made a poll on on twitter from the attacking to uh, twitter account you should definitely follow that <laughs> um but I, I i made a poll and i i think i thought all right um let's use uh, four different scenarios <laughs> and I wrote it um what, what did I write um yeah we're getting absolutely hammered or we we lose but still with some dignity we get away with a draw or we have a surprise win <laughs> because I, I was that I was I was that negative towards that I game and I thought, that I guess, yeah, yeah. Uh, funny enough most of the people voted for for the surprise win and it came off that way but that was i i just thought there was the chelsea bias and that would definitely have played a role but um i'm, I'm so so delighted and yeah for all the people who thought in the first place that we have a chance there <laughs> i i thought they were deluded yeah honestly well god bless your voodoo i mean we'll go through all the players and we'll talk about kante a bit more but jimmy uh, on a level on a scale to one to ten how much did you lose your shit when kante put it at the top of the net <laughs> one because my fucking string crashed so um <laughs> oh that, that, that was pretty bad but otherwise um <laughs> i lost my shit afterwards on youtube so, later that evening <laughs> <laughs> no no it, it it was just buffering the whole time but yeah, oh, okay, yeah. anyway it, yeah no I, I was absolutely ecstatic i mean <laughs> it seems as if matt uh, you know ngolo kante just loves scoring against man club so <laughs> yeah very that's, much so. that's I, i'm down with that uh it's you know I was really, really frightened i was petrified during that first half because we were not able to cope with their press and out of nothing. I mean, those are the best goals, aren't they? I mean, oh, yeah. you don't expect them at all. And you're thinking, Oh my God, this is just going to go so bad. And then that happens. It was very reminiscent as uh, Andy said of, of, you know, that 2012 period where we con were constantly doing that. So, mm. um, well, at least in Europe. Yeah. So that, that, you know, that, that was, that was fantastic. And I think we'd, you know, retrospectively, we did deserve something from that game. Oh, yeah. Because Man City, they just didn't take their passes, uh, you know, their, their chances. And uh, we we were able to um, deal with their press in the second half much better. So we, we, we began playing through their press, which was actually something they didn't cope with. Because when they were in possession, we pressed. And I think that has been our vice when we haven't been... Um, playing well this season we you know there are then players that just didn't press and this was the case in the first 14 minutes and we we were we, you know we, we had no chance at all i mean we really have to say man city whether we beat them or not they are the best team in the league by a country mile yes. even if we did beat them you know quality wise it's just impeccable what they're doing well, not impeccable because we're beaten, but, you know, they're very, very yeah, near. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So I, I think this is a great scout for the club, but I wouldn't get carried away because we've got some tough fixtures coming up, even if they're on paper, they seem easy. Brighton away, um, I wasn't here when you spoke before we started, but I think Andy mentioned something about Brighton being tough. I yeah. can only agree with that. Yeah, they're, they're really tough to be at home. So we, we, we should just take, you know, one step at a time and we should be happy about this win. And yeah, Angolo Kante, oh, take a bow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll talk about Brighton later on in the pod. Um, yeah, and again, we can talk about, you know, worry and complacency, which seems to be Sari's biggest concern above all. He's always talking about the mental, the mental to the game because he knows about the ability. And so uh, I do want to go through all the players. Um, 
and talk about the goals and stuff. But you're right, it was a game of two halves. It was City's first half, a uh, complete dominance. It was worrying, but the, the goal was a very well-taken goal that passed from Louise. Um, even the moment, you know, when it, uh, before Hazard got it and got the cut back. You know, Kante's, again, we'll get into the Kante position, inverted commas again. But even that moment where Alonso takes it down, then you think, oh, he's just going to hit it. But he, he thinks, he has a quick cerebral moment. He's like, no, I'm not going to hit this. I'm going to keep it going. Um, and eventually it leads to the goal. So that it, it was a very well-worked goal. Um, so, it, yeah, uh, to, to reiterate, it definitely was a game of two halves. They had the better of it in the first half massively. Um, but then ultimately we had the better of it in the second half, even if it wasn't to the same sort of portion extent. We actually had more shots on target than City in that game. Um, and uh, it was just due maybe to some superb defensive performances, um, which we probably like, I want to, you know, move on in a second and talk about player performances but um just to pick up on I think it was you Jimmy talking about the pressing I think that's probably the main reason Hazard played the false nine instead of um you know because he's obviously his pace for the first two three yards is the is incredibly fast maybe the fastest in the team and that um uh, is a strong attribute for like quick pressing and defensive pressing now I don't think Hazard had a nice time at all in that position he's probably loving the the win but he wants to be doing his thing i think i think well, ultimately yeah. so, i think ultimately sorry wants him to be doing his thing but yeah but go on go on mate pick up on that so, so, sorry about that I just we played like that against barcelona at home uh in the champions league yes. and it worked well you know it's just i mean i, I know people talk about it a bit derogatorily with midget fc <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> with, yeah. with like william hazard and pedro but i think it's just our best choice at the moment we've been yeah. saying it on the podcast oh, you know we've been in favor of it on the yeah. podcast mm-hmm. um so i hope he plays it more often and even you know if, if Eden hazard really is leaving then you know play him down the center every game just kiss him result. off as much. yeah exactly because <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're just because there's, you know, there's no point appeasing him anymore, and that no. he's our best option oh. up, up, up well, down the middle. That's true. Yeah, no, no point. Um, you know, playing, doing stuff to the club's detriment to keep him happy. You know, um, he got obviously got two assists. He's actually contributed directly to more goals in the Premier League than in any other player now, yeah, with seven goals and eight assists. Um, so I think that's one more than someone like Raheem Sterling or one of the City players. I also think that might have been a very different game with Sergio Aguero on the pitch mm. Um, mm. because like I said they did, they took a load of shots but less on target mm. than us um, I want to talk about individual performances I'll I'll skip yeah, both of your thoughts I've retweeted I, I made up um, you know uh, an edit of Azpilicueta on his 300th appearance and I don't know if you guys have seen it but the amount of like mm. positive attributes or positive stats to his performance of like you know record making amount of tackles since N'Golo Kante last season uh, in the league and loads of blocks all his aerial duels won you know there was there was loads um that I reeled off that I can't be asked to get in front of me now but I thought he was a a captain-esque style performance um for both him and probably Louise too in terms of rallying um, Alonso wasn't amazing for me, but he um, he did his best. Uh, you could see when he was he, he was always going to get roasted as a fullback against those City wingers in terms of speed, but um, the system the system worked. Um, and uh, I think you get all these things about David Luiz afterwards, how he's not a great centre back one on one. But Sari would reiterate this over and over and over. Defending in his philosophy 
is a team thing. It's a systematic thing that teams that goes together. If, if one person fucks up, then then you do get Louise on a one-on-one looking like a clown every now and again. But to him, that shouldn't matter because provided everyone's doing what he wants him to do, it doesn't expose certain frailties like that. Um, I, I, I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll get um, probably Andy and then Jimmy's thoughts on players, notable performances after this, but uh, Kovacic... Um, I was listening to Nizar Kinsella talk about Kovacic on the uh, Londoners Blue pod saying he was there watching and he thought it was, um, he put an excellent defensive performance. I turned down an available ticket to this uh, game, by the way, because I, yeah, I had to go somewhere and I was like, well, I, I can't, I probably won't be able to make it and we're going to get turned over and now I feel like a right plastic. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway perhaps I'll just, just do some confessions there. Um, so yeah, moving on, Kovacic, very good. Um, Wing is very industrious, pressing, like like you said, Jimmy, it was very much a hard work, get, you know, sleeves up, jobby. And um, I feel like Kante, finally, we've seen him run into the box, arrive late, like he's trained to do as this eight position, but usually he's trying to get his little head on there and he misses. But he got on the end of this cutback and he put it in the top of the net. Um, lovely finish so um, great performance I think obviously as Plaquette didn't play he played more right centre backy than full backy if that's uh, some terminology you get me there and um, I think other than that I think it was an industrious team effort so I'll get what, what do you think Andy any sort of moments uh, plays you want to highlight or moments in the match that pleased you mm. Free uh, well, please me. I, I will start with, uh, with a negative note here uh, because I. <laughs> we uh, love with all, with, with all the due respect, <laughs> I have to give to Aspilicueta for his uh, 300th appearance for Chelsea. I, I didn't think um, he had a good performance, especially in the first half. I so think. You uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think um, Sané done him a favor, massive favor, for running into the offside trap for like five or six times because he you, you, you could see once that pass came through um i think it was around minute 20 minute 25 um he was beaten for pace all along and 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 sane would have been would have been in for a goal and it happened to be that he was always he was always one or two yards in front of him and always got caught with the with the offside but um would have made a bad look he made a couple yes, of amazing of like goals to and, and then also he he found some somehow they 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 found a way to not have having to deal with these with these pacey wingers in in a way where they have a one on one duel with them because they would always get beaten for pace everyone would get beaten beaten for pace uh, when they when they are up against Sané every yeah. defense but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they found a way around it and at the end of the day uh, all I expect from our defense is is um, yeah, clean sheet, especially against Manchester City. Um, you want to have a clean sheet because um, I yep. think there's, there's there's just no other way to beat them. Um, I yeah. also thought ahead of the game. Um, why some positives then? Say, Come on. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that's kind of like the change now. I I, I thought all right. Um, if you want to stop them, you have to have, to put in a, a great defensive effort. Uh, that was without doubt for me. And uh, then I thought all right. Um, the Guardiola system is very similar to the Sari system. And where, if a player, um, sorry, if a manager knows one thing, it is how to beat his own system because he's, he's day and night, he is with that system. So he knows it inside out. out. And yeah, then um, I thought, all right, um, it is a different Chelsea we're seeing. And it is a Chelsea where, yeah, not players can't really 
expose themselves in in in, in the way we've played. Let say the last couple of weeks and maybe also been let down by a couple of plays in the last couple of weeks but this time you've seen every player was pulling on the same string and that made us um that did us a massive favor of course we were relying on city not taking their chances and if there would have been no Sergio Aguero it would have been a different story and we might have been behind by half time mm. and yeah would have been a different game yeah but at the end of the day you can if you can rely on your center back in David Luiz, um, it is a whole different game for us. And then also we closed down the space is good. Um, massive respect to the three midfielders. They they really made it hard for Manchester yeah. City to create something. And they made it such a such a tense atmosphere in, in the middle that Raheem Sterling, who was initially planned to be a false nine or at least uh, mm. someone central, he moved out to the wing. He was, yeah... <laughs> making making uh, Marcus Alonso look stupid, but yeah. he, he can do that because um, once you are be, you you you've rinsed um, Marcus Alonso, you have to deal with David Luiz, so he's not through on goal if he's out on the wing. Mm. And I think that's kind of we we pushed him out to the wings, which did us a favor. And then yeah, we were clinical in front of goal, which we haven't been Huge for a long important. time. Yeah. And that yeah, today we came up out with a win, and it was it was clear all day long. Um, I thought it's it's not it's not like we've scrapped it or something. No, it was it was a clear win for us, and it gives it gives us um, I think some hope now because we thought all right ahead of that game maximum draw, and then we go into these weeks where we have to play twice, and yeah. it would carry on like that. Now the momentum has shifted; is it is on our side, and I can't wait for the next games. It's an emp- yeah, empowering, I think. It was an empowering moment for us to move on. Just, just before I get uh, Jimmy's sort of section on it, pick up on a couple of things that you said. Um, uh, interestingly, yeah, with respect to the midfield, Jorginho covered more blades of grass than uh, Kante in this game. So from going to a central regista pivot with Kante scampering about, it was... Um, it was a little bit of a, an alteration, which is uh, which is interesting. And, and like you say, everyone was playing um, to the same tune. I think Zola on Chelsea TV described uh, being interviewed by James Richardson described Sari Ball as an orchestra so if one person's playing out of tune it ruins the whole concept and that's both offensively and defensively so um, you know one person plays out of tune then David Luiz gets caught on a one-on-one and it looks like everything's fucked and Sari doesn't know what he's doing but when playing in tune you can either play beautiful expressive dominating possession Sari Ball or play you know a really effective defensive version of his system so uh yeah just to pick up on those hey jimmy give me your thoughts on the game and the players may go through life well um just uh i have to I have to start with what andy said about azpilicueta um i i don't actually share that uh, that perspective i thought he was absolutely magnificent yes he did get burned for pace but as you said that's going to happen to nine out of ten defenders in the premier league you know maybe mm. carl walker himself who plays for city would be able to cope with that but even then they've got very skillful wingers and they're very pacey and especially when uh marcus lonzo got burnt by um raheem sterling on the right you know that trick i think it's gone around twitter uh and then crosses the ball and it came to i'm not sure to who it came but as made a last ditch 
interception. He just threw himself absolutely in front of that uh, that um, shot. John Terry just showed exactly John Terry esque, and that just showed me this guy's proper Chelsea. You know that guy will do. He'll and this is just you know figuratively speaking, but he'll die for the club. Mm. So um, I thought he was terrific. You know he he was as was most of the team pretty poor in the first 40 minutes. And um, because I'm not sure if you said it, Andy, um, that our midfield was great and all that. I don't agree. I thought it was very poor in the first 40 minutes, but that actually has to do also with tactical twitches made by Sari, I do believe, because um, I know it's been done in the past, but specifically for this game, uh, I mean, well, I believe to have seen that uh, Angelo Pacante was playing far nearer to Jorginho. Mm. And when we were out of possession, uh, so when City were attacking, they would uh, switch places more. So Jorginho would go more up the field and Kante would drop into that more, that pivot, what everyone was clamoring for that he'd play in the first place. Mm. Uh, and being that shield for the defense, and it worked very well because we didn't concede. Uh, and I think if Jorginho, you know, he, he does have his defensive frailties and um, they were sometimes ex- exposed despite he was running a lot. Don't get me wrong. He always has a lot of enthusiasm in his game, but he was getting, you know, uh, outpaced uh, on, the, uh, off, you know, off the ball and um, up front, you know, further up the field, that doesn't really cause as much, much damage because N'Golo Kante's uh, behind him mopping up the the mess so I thought that worked very well and if Sari even though Sari didn't change the formation and he never will if he's able to at least adjust tactically in you know reasonable manner like that then I'm fine with that you know I don't mind playing 4-3-3 until the end of our days as long as we win as long as we're adaptable in the game because uh these calls for you know we just need new players not a plan b is bullshit we need a plan b every everyone needs a plan b in life and football whatever and that was kind of our plan b because maybe they tried at first how city going to come out oh of course as expected we're going to go with that so um just to put a pin on that i want you to keep going mm. with your thoughts on the game um yes i think i feel yeah. like um it's great points you're making there, but I think, in a way, it's a plan B. You're right, but in a way, Sari kept saying, even like before people were giving him the Kante criticism, he says, "I want Kante to play closer to Jorginho." So it's almost like it's an imperative to have a minor, like to, to have a little bit of tactical flexibility. So you know, any manager worth his salt was gonna would know that. I think. I think you're very right to say he won't ever change. But when it was, he wasn't pleased with how things were panning out so I think he does you're right to pick up on Kante keeping in that proximity of Jorginho and not trying to think like oh I'm in a, I'm occupying a different space now and we're losing therefore I need to try and get closer to the goal or I don't know what I'm doing so I feel like um you know plan b is almost part of plan a depending I mean he's, su- he's such yeah he's so meticulous and like all these different formations of bits of information I think plan a is so excessive that there's different like you know when when you're looking at the documents you need to be in the east wing of the plan a <laughs> for those kind of situations but yeah go on mate go on give me some yeah, more thoughts I mean, on the game I just think that Jorginho you know pushing out the field more when they're not in possession it makes more sense because I mean he you know if he does intercept then he's got the eye for a ball I mean, he's not Fabregas, but, you know, no, he, he's yeah. got a better eye for, a, you know, that 
ball over the top or between the lines uh, than Kante. So it makes perfect sense for me because, um, you know, then you have Kante, you can still run into the box and score like he did in the first goal. I mean, if there's one standout performer who I think um, has to be lauded as well, you know, David Lewis is my man in the match. I yes. said also on Twitter. And I've actually, I did a poll on that, what people thought. And the um, one who won was a Cesar as So, yeah. you know, just pulling that out there, Andy. But <laughs> um, one play I really do want to lord is Pedro. I thought he worked his absolute socks off. He was fantastic. He was mm. so industrious. And maybe he didn't, you know, score goal, uh, but he, he was vital. It's the same like against Barcelona. People were saying, oh, he didn't score. He was bad and they didn't create. He was imperative yeah. to keep Manchester City from not scoring. Tracking back, you know. I'll give it to William, even though I still thought it was an average performance by him again. Um, he is just better on that left wing. If we do have to play him, please play him on the left because at least then he can do something. Cut in, yeah. yeah and just to keep uh, that also going, before the first goal, everyone said, oh, William, fantastic. He cocked up the the, the cross. <laughs> you know, people for trying to figure He absolutely cocked up the, the cross. He's just very lucky that it turned out to be the right cock up. Yeah. And so it was able to be uh, recycled, that ball. But, but um, Jimmy, 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 to get himself into that position in the first place was a good thing I'm because not, yes, uh, no, obviously yes. he, he was up against um, Kyle Walker and he absolutely, Kyle Walker is a quick player, don't get me wrong, but he was he was 10 yards, 15 yards ahead of him and he was in that space and he was without, without any covering uh, of a Manchester City player. And if it wasn't for William, that goal would have been... Yeah, it would have wouldn't have been there. Yeah, Sorry. well, you can say that about Pedro. Who, yeah, Jimmy. <laughs> say that about Pedro. Pass it, Tim. We had the eye for the pass to William or uh, David Lewis as well, or you know, um, the the whoever passed it to Lewis before that. But I know, no, definitely, he did get that ball and he made the right run. But it's never been the problem with William about the runs. It's been about his end product. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that's the problem. What was also the case there again and. As I said, I agree with you. His run was very good and that he has done often in the past. But, you know, it's just then what does he do with the ball? I, I was absolutely certain they'd turn off and then start from you and just pass it back to, you know, some someone at the back. But he didn't. And he crossed in. It fucked it up, but it worked out fine. Um, it was still better than what he would have done on the right. And that's what, what I'm trying to say. So yeah. I don't want to slag him off completely. He did well there, but for the rest of the game, he was pretty meh, in my opinion. He was, he was, he did do run back on a few occasions where I say, I'll give, have to give him that. But uh, I just, I just thought Pedro was better. Pedro, but, go yeah. On, yeah, to go on, mate, if you want to finish up, is there anything you want to Otherwise, uh, the only other player that I would want to lord is Mateo Kovacic, as uh, oh. you already did. He, he was very good. I think it was like, like that quiet um man of the match or that you know that did you see that gif i posted yes yes i i believe i did and uh, i mean that that how he got out of that situation that was you know that just showed why uh chelsea fans uh were saying yeah no we don't need him we've got loftus cheek and and barkley shouldn't be too quick to you know just dismiss him i believe we do we really should buy him. Um, whether, you know, as I still like that, that idea, what Andy had, oh, oh, Andy, I think that's already a few weeks back where you said that Mateo Kovacic could play in that spot, which um, Jorginho is playing. Um, 
I think he could do that. And, uh, you know, why get a, a replacement for Fabregas to put him in there? And then we've got, you know, Loftus-Cheek and um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, whoever else up front there. And, um, yeah, no, I, I, he was he was very, very good. It's, I just hope he isn't too seriously injured. I think maybe it was just precautionary, I he's hope. Come off a, he's come off a few times, you know, uh, Kovacic with injuries, knocks. Um yeah, fine, fine points well made. Yeah, fine points well made from both of you. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to put Kovacic there. Although I think the one thing that, um, excuse me, Jorginho has that Sari's banged the drum many a time is how quick Jorginho is. Like if you see him in our deep in our third or in their final third or in between, how quickly he knows where to pass the ball exactly to the next person. He truly is the director, and although he's very good defensively, Kovacic and he can roll around and he's very aware and. I don't know if he'd be that exact, you know, like just close your eyes, mind palace, know where every player is all the time because that's very much a Jorginho trait. Um, You know, you're right to say he's not as good as passing as Fabregas, but that's the one thing that Sari was adamant about because of his mental uh, attribute he's got. He's like, for it to work, he's just, you know, it's it's broken English. He's like, he's so quick mind, so quick mind, but... um, We'll have to see. Um, just to, you know, I want to talk, finish up on the City game, chaps. Uh, we can, we've all talked about good performances. The team was excellent. Maybe the, the two slight passengers was um, maybe someone like, say, William, because he wasn't as industrious as Pedro, who suits Sari's style so much just because of his ability to press and he's just get you know, the way he gets about. And maybe Alonso due to just his speed and getting roasted. But as a team, it was very, very good. I would like um, to get both your thoughts on uh, Kepa in this game. He made like one mistake that led to him having to make a save, which was a good save, I think. Um, hopefully you agree because we've had a couple of live disagreements here and I don't want to be the uh, live podcast of the attacking two divorce. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we've had William, we've had Azpilicueta. Hopefully you can both agree on... Um, uh, Kepa's ability. I mean, um, I was hearing... whatever. Whatever Andy's going to say, I'll say the opposite. The opposite now, right? Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so he's made a few good saves. I've heard some like negative press on Kepa. I know last time I, I went on your guys' pod and we um, we talked about some headlines saying Chelsea fans were saying he's like the what was the headline like the worst keeper in the Premier League. The Premier League okay, yeah. So, yeah, obviously that's laughable for a multitude of reasons. But I heard some cri- him coming under criticism from um, some pundits and stuff. But again, these are, I think there's a naivety, like, because obviously the Spurs game, we would have lost maybe bloody 7-1, provide, you know, because he made six saves, three of them worldies, in my opinion. But um, he did uh, make four saves in this game, I think. I think he probably touched the ball quite a lot. How um, are you feeling about uh, Kepa generally, uh, both you guys, and in this game and sort of generally? Because obviously he's the world record signing for a goalkeeper and our record signing, so it's worth the listeners getting your chap's opinions on him. Uh, Andy, you go. Uh, for me, Kepa is just... He, he he surprised me in a positive manner uh, for the whole season, basically. I think the, the only goal where I can honestly say, right, maybe could have been saved was, was the Harry Kane goal we conceded against Spurs. But yeah, I think Kepa on the whole, um, he will always have a difficult time if 
uh, if you come up against a team who presses you um, till the touchline, like Manchester City, they they honestly they 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 weren't giving a fuck. Like they 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 were pressing and pressing with purpose. Not only stupidly running running up to a defender, but they're pressing us till the touchline. And if you are goalkeeper under that condition. Uh, you always have a difficult time, mm. and it can happen within um, 90 minutes that you. Um, yeah, I'm not too fussed about um, having have a pass misplaced or anything by him if he if he makes up for it. Yeah. Um, Kepa, he's he's not only shot stopper for me in my opinion. He's also um, he's exactly that goalkeeper we wanted him to be, ball like player. that distributor, yeah. mm-hmm. the ball player. And I think it's not only because Jorginho is obviously the player who always gets named first when you say how to implement the Sari system into a club. It was obviously important to get uh, Jorginho and he kind of all the players learn off him on the mm-hmm. on the pitch. But it was also inevitable that you need a goalkeeper who can play that kind of football. And Kepa was was the right choice. I wasn't too keen on him. I, I would have I would have taken Pickford over him. Yeah, but so would I, now, Ellie, though. Now that I see now that I see Kepa for for 15, 20 games this season, I'm I'm absolutely delighted. Uh, is is he worth 80 million? I don't think it doesn't matter. Well, it, it, uh, doesn't, yeah. it uh, absolutely not matter. First of all, it's not my money, so why should I be greedy with with the money of someone else? Mm. Secondly, um, you have to if if you want to have a player and the price on the market is X, Y, Z. You have to pay X, yeah. Y, Z and not X, Y. Um, otherwise, you're called Arsenal and pay, <laughs> yeah, and, and get half decent players at Although, the end of the day. Uh, is looking like a pretty good buy for the money, though. Um, okay, just, uh, just overrated. To... <laughs> okay, we'll put a pin in that. Um, yeah, in terms of, you know, is he worth it? Ask Chelsea fans again, three years into his seven-year contract that he signed. Um, it's looking like he'll get better and better. Jimmy, your thoughts on the, uh, on the goalkeeper? Well, he's, a, he's a real capper, isn't he? I mean, I'm ending to this call immediately. No, <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, that, that one mistake he made, right? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it just seemed like afterwards he said, oh, sorry, you're like real casual. Like, you know, I got this, no problem. Even if I do make a mistake, I just love the confidence that he has. Yeah. Even if he makes a mistake, he ha- he's just, you know, beaming with confidence and I think that is a huge positive because the thing is with Courtois you know on on the line he could be very well he was pretty good in the air he'd be having nightmares in this team mate he'd have an absolute a shock every game I'm sure of that and the thing is he wasn't always uh, barking out orders I mean Kepa isn't doing that yet but you know he's young he's you know just come into this team uh, he mm. did do it at Bilbao so you know I'm sure he'll do it here eventually uh, he yeah. just seems like someone who can command his box like Peter Cech once did I'm not saying that he's anywhere near Peter Cech you know of 2008 or something like that yeah, yeah. but um, they're just that he can become as uh, authoritative in his box as Czech once was. He has definitely got a very high ceiling. Um, The guy is fantastic with the ball at his feet. The guy is just, you know, he he, he can make incredible saves. He can make no-nonsense saves. He's got a really good punch on him as well. He did a really good punch uh, against City, if I'm not mistaken. I was very hand to that one. Uh, cross and I just I just think he's he's been very good. Has he really had an absolute howler up until now? No, 
he no, hasn't. You no, know, absolutely there, not. No, there have been some situations like get that that uh, goal against Wolves where you'd say he could have done better. You know, the first one maybe. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. You know, one has to criticize uh, players if it's if it's you know um, worth criticizing. If it's you know if, if you've got a reason to do that and one should criticize him for that, I'm sure he'll be have been his harshest critic mm. after the game. Um, but you know he 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 hasn't had that had that Allison he's had a howl a pick for health. Oh with, god, yeah. You know, just Both of them were awful, yeah. The, the, those ones that you're talking about. Uh, I, I don't want to say they were awful because Allison was like my number one choice for uh, for as a goalkeeper. So I'm not going to slag him off now. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> he gets Liverpool, Classic. He, he, he's he's really good. He's a very very yeah, potent. Course, you know. Um, uh, just to, I'll just to finish up, guys, because I want to get to part two. Um, yeah. It's just it's really interesting you say with him being like a authoritative and like vocal because he does like, the difference between him and Courtois in that Spurs game. He had that. His, he was screaming at his defence and he was passionate. Well, like yeah. Courtois would have like a tear going down his cheek while he sighed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like he doesn't real much. Like, oh, we're losing and I'm letting in loads of goals. Do you know what I mean? Like, where whereas... are my children? Yeah, not, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, yeah, but he does look like he's got that fiery passion as he settles in more. And you know, he can speak Spanish to three of the back four. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, and I think personally he's going to become Spain's number one because not just because obviously De Gea is the best shot stopper by a country mile in the league, but he Kepa's got qualities De Gea absolutely doesn't have, and the way Man United play and the way Spain play, Spain play closer mm. to Chelsea at the moment than oh, yeah. Man United do, and there is um a big call for him to be dropped to Spain. But anyway, that's the, I digress. Um, that's the match for you guys. Sorry, go one on. thing. Go on, Jimmy. Just because you said uh, he can speak Spanish with three of our defence. Um, I'm not sure if Luis speaks Spanish. I mean, yeah, you I think he does. I remember him saying he does that. Okay, Chelsea because you know, Brazil's like Portuguese. Portuguese, Sorry yeah, yeah. No, 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 I know that. No, he, he speaks... Uh, so no, I'm just saying. You know. Yeah, no, he speaks Portuguese, Spanish, English and okay. French. Okay, because I, I didn't want to just be arguing with Andy. I just thought I'd give it a shot with you as well. So. Uh, <laughs> you know, just quickly, I, we, we've really got to move on. But do you know Kovacic can speak five different languages and he's 23? Yeah, and you, you know, wait, wait. he was born in Austria. Yeah. Sorry, I, I thought you wanted to say that, right? Yeah, yeah so let, let me have a guess. That's that's German, Croatian, yeah. Yeah. Italian, yeah. Spanish, English. Yeah, man. Right. Sweet. Yeah. All right, Keep cool. Him him up. All right, that's it for part one, guys. Uh, in part two, we'll be looking ahead to the upcoming games. Welcome back to part two, ladies and gentlemen, to the Yannick on Chelsea podcast. I'm still joined by Jimmy and Andy of the Attacking Two. We've had lots of fun. Um, well, we've had some handbags and some domestics between the boys, but we've uh, we've all made friends again in the break, <laughs> and uh, we look forward. So we've got um, we've done a, obviously an excellent win against City. We've got so we've got a good run of games coming up, but. Um, I don't want to get into all of them. I'm just going to look into the upcoming two. Um, we have Brighton away in the Premier League. But up before then, we're away at Mol Vidi. Um, the home fixture against Vidi is one of the ones I saw at the bridge. It was like a pretty dismal 1-0, actually. And uh, fortunately, I got to see uh, Power Cut at the bridge like, a couple of weeks later. That was a bit more exciting. <laughs> it was the perfect game, really, because it was a pub team with 10 men. Um, just what the doctor ordered after Spurs there, I think. Anyway, I digress. So, 
We have topped the group chaps in the Europa League. We've had some. We, I think we've got. Uh, we haven't. We haven't. Have, have we conceded one goal? I think we might have scored ten. Yeah, it's just one goal. Yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah. Best defense. Funny enough, when you play with best defense in the whole uh, competition, when you play mm. uh, Cahill and and Christensen. Yeah, <laughs> nuts, yeah, isn't it? Enough. Absolutely yeah. nuts. Uh, and I fully expect to see them again. Uh, which moves me on to asking you boys, opening up the floor. So we've topped the group. Um, is Sari going to try and play any similar players to try and drill in the system and have continuity or is he just going to be like complete B team including a hudson Adoy and Ampadu start I'll start with you Andy what do you recommend uh, I'll go for scenario two I, I think uh, as we've seen in the last game when we've already I think we've we've been through after four games so last game was already kind of a dead rubber for us well we needed and... we needed one point to top the group okay game. we needed one point so, yeah, we, yeah. Was, we was always going to get that one point so mm. uh and, and and he played Hudson Odoi so I'm looking forward to see Hudson Odoi because Jimmy and me will be out there of course wicked yeah cool yeah and uh I'm also looking forward to hopefully see um Ampadu the only concern is that he might be the fifth choice centre back at the moment, so he might not get a game. And Cahill and Christensen will play ahead of him. Well, he played wing. Chris- he played wing back when I well, I, I watched Ampadu. Uh, sorry, Hudson Odoi start. He got his first goal and assist, and then Ampadu came on as wing back. So, okay. well, I mean, I'm 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 all for it. What are you going to do with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think he can play that. I think I also think he can play the register role. I think yeah. he's very versatile. So hopefully, in centre back, wherever, wherever, I'm I'm hopefully hopefully we can see Ampadu, mm. and I'm looking forward to get maybe another clean sheet. However, um, Vidi will play in front of a sold out stadium, yes. uh, twenty six thousand. I've heard, and um, Vidi's also um, so they they can still make um, they can still make the, the um, uh, KO phases. Yeah. yeah, they they just need to win um, on so they they have the same goal difference as Butter Borisov, just uh, less goals scored. Yeah. So they need they need if if Butter wins, they need to win with one goal more. Right. Um, which will be hard to to get against Chelsea, but they they have something to play for, and they know and they that we fired up. Obviously, when they play against Chelsea, they will always be fired up, so yeah. can't take it too easily. They know that we've already qualified as well, so they'll be hold. They'll be clutching onto the fact that we've already topped the group and we've got nothing to lose. So they might hope for some complacency. You might see quite a competitive game. I seem to remember the fans being fucking nuts. So. Yeah, uh, J- J- Jimmy, what do you think, man? Do you think the same as Andy? Um, hopefully, a complete rotation and a compet- a bit more of a competitive game. What do you reckon? Well, I actually only wrote about this uh, before we started for Wang and the History of Road. Just made the draft, uh, mm. and I'm so I'm just going to take over what I wrote there. Um, I agree with Andy that that should happen. I just don't think it will because, you know, I'm not sure where it was from. Um, but Sari was like, uh, uh, was it a source close to Sari or Sari himself said it that Guardiola told him I need to play with like 14, 15 players in his first season. And I think that also takes its toll on the other competitions, even though he does start more players there, of course. But um, I, he just hasn't got the time to look at them or he doesn't want to. He just wants to concentrate on his core. And that's why I don't think he's giving too many chances to um, our youth players. And that's why I don't think Ampadu's going to start tomorrow. I do want him to, 
but then again, he's going to start Cahill because he's the you know the experienced centre back, and he will give Kristen some minutes because he has to. You know, they both need those minutes. Then where do you start Ambadu? Zappa Costa he actually rates it seems, it's so he's Italian, not going to maybe. But you know, Zappa Costa hasn't been bad in his system at least on the attacking front. So I yep. and he was actually one of our best players in preseason. I've been saying that ever since. I really do think he was very, very good in in preseason, okay. and um, he took up to Sari's philosophy very quickly. So I don't think he's going to play right back in midfield. That will be a possibility because you know why risk anyone if you want to. Fabregas is going to play for sure, right? Yeah, so I, agree. Yeah, uh, I I do think that Loftus Cheek will be playing as well because he's been our Europa League boy. So. Who will he play on the third? You know, he's not going to risk uh, Jorginho or Kante, I can't imagine. Mm. Not in this last group game. And I don't think he'll risk Kovacic after limping off against City. So, either he plays Barkley or maybe he does play Ampadu. I'd mm. be ecstatic to see Ampadu there. You know, I, they could even, like, interchange uh, Fabregas and Ampadu. Like, Ampadu yes. goes back to that register role while Fabregas moves a bit forward. Always, and then... He's done that for uh, Wales, like, pinging long balls from yeah, like, yeah. deep six. Mm. But, yeah, go on, mate. Sorry to miss the So, that, I, I think that is the only chance of Ampadu playing. Uh, Hudson O'Doy is certain to start. I'm absolutely dead certain that he's going to start mm. he will because he did against the other ones and the, oh, you know yeah. with, uh he scored i think he he shows um sorry yeah i'm ready for this at least for this level yeah so I'm, I'm sure he'll start um i think morata will start because will he, he wants i i think he? He, i think he will because he wants to play against um Brighton, he'll be playing with uh Giroud, um because brighton has a very yeah. strong defense very tall defenders and Giroud would per- fit perfectly against them. While yeah. Hazard, I don't think that's going to happen. So I, I do believe Morata's going to play with, you know, Pedro, William, that's anybody's guess. But uh, Jimmy, you think about it. Last time we've played Brighton away, we've played without a real striker. We've, we we also had the three amigos up top. Oh, the parallels. And, and it worked. And it worked. Uh, I think 3-1. We, we no, yeah. we played. Didn't we play with Michy Bashwai? Oh, no, we did play oh, with Michy Bashwai. No, we did. We but did. He, we did. No, there, was that, he, there was that he, amazing he was, goal. There was that amazing goal. He was when it, on. Oh, on. really? But do you remember that amazing yeah. goal where everyone just kept rolling it back and doing layoffs and William banged yeah. it at the end? Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Um, all right. But, you know, their, their team's changed since then, just to put that into perspective. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They've got in some very strong defenses. But, not, uh, but yeah. Hold, mm, your, hold, yeah. Your, hold your powder and break. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going we're gonna to go into that in just a second. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Morata probably will start. Um, before, I just want to have a quick word on Morata score prediction boys for that game uh, for me I think 2-0 we keep a clean sheet nice Jimmy um, as I don't want to say the same as Andy I'm going to say 2-1 I think they're going to score because they'll they as, as Andy said they've got something to play for I do yeah. think they're going to have a right go at it and they'll score because you know I reckon the atmosphere is going to be nuts as well. Exactly. So I think they're going to score, but we're going to win eventually 2-1. Maybe even 3-1. But I'll, I'll go with 2-1. Yeah, I'm going to take 3-1 seeing as it's 2-1. <laughs> All right, so Morata's, <laughs> yeah, Morata's <laughs> going to start. Uh, before we do finish on the Brighton game, before we talk about your pod briefly, I want to talk about this alleged Morata on the transfer list for January. Loan move, potential buy. Da, 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 da. Uh, we all know he's a completely technical and talented footballer but I think we'd all agree and I think we might have discussed his mentality and ability to be successful in the league for 
mental fragilities, loads of stuff, whether he's actually fit sorry ball or his combinations or just can't deal with the league. Um, I want to get both your opinions, not not quite quickly on the, do you think it's a possible exit? And if you had to choose between two players, because we wouldn't let him go without a plan on someone coming in. That's just, it wouldn't happen. So if you had to choose between, just name a couple of realistic players to come in. Um, I'll start with you, Jimmy. Um, well, uh, the thing is, in January, normally you wouldn't think that we're going to have a huge fluctuation at the club, simply because everything's overpriced. Uh, you know, the price is inflated. Um, there are, who wants to sell their best players in January? Nobody, because you're going to disrupt the team. You're going to, uh, you know, maybe jeopardize any uh, any momentum a team might be having. Um, so I don't think big things are going to happen. Well, um, no, not a superstar, certainly, but could you no, see anything realistic? No, happening? but what's the point of buying someone else, you know, other than a superstar? The only player that I think would be really instantly a, a, a win for us would be more a card and he ain't coming. So what's the point of bringing in someone who's like Callum Wilson? decently yet? Yeah, first of all, he's injured now, if I'm not mistaken. And second of all, What's the point? So he might turn out to be good, but when's that happened? Too often, not too often in the past. It's been these Jillo Bodgy, Michael Hector bullshit thing. I oh, know Wilson's much better. You know, this. I know he's better, <laughs> but you know, it's the things. I, I don't think uh, it's sensible for us to just have these uh, stopgap. Okay. Uh, buy someone who's got a standing. Otherwise, leave that. Buy us a, a right winger and then put Hazard down the middle. Okay. Boom. Uh, Morata may go. I'm not sure. That Milan link just looks like like bullshit, fabricated mm-hmm. bullshit. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. Uh, before I get your take on it, Andy, um, just quickly from me, I think um, you know, fair enough what you said with Callum Wilson. But there, you could argue it would be a less risky purchase for Chelsea Football Club to have originally bought, well, not originally because of his good recent form, to buy a Callum Wilson over say an Alvaro Morata purely because of like you know he scored two hat tricks in the Premier League really quickly um, before he got injured. He's got he's big, he's beat, he's built well. Um, he's just got you know he can score loads of goals in the league if you give him chances. He's rapid, he's good on the counter attack, and also I, I'm being a ro- I'm being romantic here. But if he played for Chelsea and somehow, you know, young English, well, early to mid-20s English striker, if he did start for Chelsea, he would almost immediately become England's number two striker. And that would be ahead of Rashford. He'd be go just behind Kane because of um, playing all the time and actually playing down the middle, unlike Rashford. And uh, there's a certain sort of romance to getting an English striker like that. But you're probably right. Uh, Mario Cardi of like Galactico sort of level, bringing Chelsea back to European uh, superpower standards. But there is a certain maybe unrealistic side of me that would like a success story and say a Callum Wilson, um, say bringing him in for like 40 million and making like a 10 million loss on Morata or something. But that's just my two cents. What, what about you, Andy, mate? A 10 million loss, don't you think that would would be a little bit more? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, we saw that we've gone yeah, for 57, 57 plus add-ons. Yeah, but I, don't, I, think I don't think you can, you, you can hardly get 30 I, for him. Are those add- yeah, but I just want to say, I don't think we'd have to, we're obligated to pay any of those add-ons. <laughs> they're probably like Ballon d'Or, no, not Ballon d'Or, whatever, you know, they're probably like top scorer or, you yeah. know, like league title, all these things that don't just... <laughs> not going to come in but um yeah. Yeah, go, go on mate what do you think yeah probably um well um 
Morata, he is, he's not a curse. Like I've, I've heard Mourinho talking about Paul Pogba being a curse and destroying Vi- every, virus. every, every innocent good, a virus, a virus, every, every innocent person around him and everyone who wants to work and keeping the confidence of players down. It's not the case for Morata. So it, you, you can keep him around, even though you, you're not playing him. And yeah, you wait until the, whole situation is assessed and you have a short list of players and you don't have to pay crazy money for these players then you get a player in and get Murata out it's 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 going to be a good organical change yeah most certainly in the summer for me but um not at this uh, moment also imagine maybe Shiru hurting himself um what, what are you going to do that now mm. okay you can play um hazard through the middle but if you need an impact if you need a, a big lump for the, the last 10 minutes even mm-hmm. or someone who, who can you can target with a cross you need Morata so it's not yeah it would be it would be a stupid thing to sell him now um even though the, yeah, I, yeah. I don't like him I don't like him to play now and I'm happy with Hazard in the middle and I'm happy to have Giroud as an Giroud. impact player mm. um I like Giroud over Morata uh, 10 times 10 times in the day oh, uh, I've, shame, I've said man. it all along and it's not I agree. I, I, I agree completely. Yeah. If Morata wasn't so, and I don't mean this in like a cruel way as it sounds, but he's just a bit of a bitch. Like he's just a little bitch. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like he's such yeah. a technical footballer, and he can finish with both feet and his head, and he's just he's just a worse man. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that that's what I've always said. Like he he much when I watch him, mm. and it's not that. That I, I dislike it. I, I can really dislike a Chelsea player. I, it's not the case that I re- could really do that. But for me, it's just it's that helplessness that he reflects on the, on, on the field. It's just, oh, man. yeah, it's, it, it winds me up so it's not, much. It's not and, very Chelsea, is it? Yeah, I think it, it would actually be a nice move for him. Um, he would get re- a release of, of basically everything that he's now branded with. His his whole image in, in England is damaged, especially mm. with Chelsea fans. So if he moves to Italy... It's, it's wise from um, Milan, isn't she? Yeah. I think it's wise from Milan. Yeah, uh, near, near Milan actually. She's not specifically Milan, if I'm not mistaken, because mm. uh, I can remember that stupid transfer talk in the mm. summer where there was that picture of Morata's agent in Milan with someone, and they were saying, "Yeah, that was near where she was." <laughs> okay, uh, right, yeah. Uh, her we're, family home. We're all right, we like that. That. Yeah. all right, boys. We, we're gonna we've, we're going we're going behind this. Let's talk about Brighton. Um, yeah, we've obviously picked up an amazing win against City. You'd think that heads would rise now, and Sari will be. Apparently, after the Wolves game, he absolutely lost his shit in the dressing room and said, Rudiger's come out and said, like, you know, he kicked our asses, which I'm quite pleased to hear that he's not just the soft guy. He says, you know, do the school run. You can eat ketchup again. Football's about nurturing the inner child. I loved all that. But if you do lose 2-1 to Wolves, you need to get a kick up the ass. And by all accounts, he did that. So I imagine he will be reiterating the same points after... Uh, this this win and being like Brighton are no joke now. Andy alluded pre going on air that he's concerned about this game um, due to Brighton's good home form. Um, do you want to take it? Uh, take a couple of minutes, Andy, to talk about how you think this game will go and concerns and you know. Mm, mm. Do you think? Do, I do, think do, full full yeah. strength lineup with Giroud. You think don't you? Or I think Jimmy said that. Mm, yeah, I, I would go along with that. Um, I'm I'm happy to see Hazard start through the middle as well. I don't think it will, will actually really be a matter how how we attack. I think it's it needs a good team effort, and uh, we need to keep a clean sheet there because notoriously um, somehow 
always Glenn Murray pops up there somehow. I, I, I don't know in, how, he's how he's even playing. Yeah, mm. how he's even playing. He he looks like forty years of age. But God bless him. He's yeah, he he's, he seems to be a decent player, especially for these kind of games. And they 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 love to beat the the the, uh, the big teams there. I think since they've they've come to the Premier League, beaten um, Manchester United twice uh, at home. Um, the only home loss they've had this season was to Manchester City, so we have to be warned. Um, <laughs> it's only Man United. It's only Man United, yeah. Andy. If if you drop any points to Man United, it's a sackable offence. Apparently, Mark Hughes will tell you that. <laughs> apparently, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, at the end of the day, team effort um, is important. We can't, uh, and and that's a thing I would say to certain players like your Williams and that team. You can't take the game easily. You absolutely can't do that because um, they will. They, they don't need many chances, and they have. It seems with Brighton, I'm not an expert on them by no means, but I think they have a good team spirit there, and they actually got some some good players they've brought in in the summer. Um, mm. Still, uh, Glenn Murray plays ahead of them, like that Janak Baksh guy from from the yeah. Dutch league, yes. and scored about 30 goals last season there. And Isquerdo, I rate him. He's really pacey. So do I, and yeah. He looks uh, very technical as well. Um, so they certainly have got the tools to hurt us. And I'm worried about Marcus Alonso against pacey wingers. Mm. Uh, but other than that, we should dominate that game. If we score early, I, I think we definitely got also the momentum to win. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't take us until the second half because I think if they're if then they have something to play for in the second half in the home venue oh, yeah. um, with Glenn Murray up top, maybe getting getting some balls in and David Luiz making stupid mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I can't see a way where we cannot come away with a win there. But if everything goes to plan, we, we win that win. game. You're having, you, you've been having nightmares about Glenn Murray, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> What the yeah. man? I think he's injured. I think he's injured, mate. But um, yeah, Is yeah. Well, I think well, he was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you're completely right. Um, Jimmy, do you think? Uh, do, you, do you agree with all those points? Um, do you think the maybe the danger would be a complacency again, like a similar thing to Wolves? How do you see it panning out, mate? Yeah, I think uh, the Wolves game is actually a pretty good comparison there. Um, if you're going to be complacent in this league, or not take your chances, then you're going to get punished. Um, doesn't matter if it's Wolves, uh, Brighton, or even Fulham. That's at the bottom of the table. Any team can hit, uh, you know, hit mm. you. And um, Brighton is very capable of that. They've got a pretty decent team together. Um, Chris Hewton is an absolutely fantastic coach. Um, yes. I really do rate him. He already did a really good job at Newcastle uh, back in the days, and he's he's done he's worked wonders at, at Brighton. Actually, uh, I have to confess, uh, I do have a, a certain sympathy for Brighton because uh, most of my family do live in Brighton. I've, the last ten years, I've been there like eight or nine times. Mm. So I do cool. share a bond with with uh, Brighton. I do like them a lot. I've been to the Amex; it's a fantastic stadium. Um, cool. I I so I, I I always do try to support Brighton against all the other teams. Well, barring Chelsea, of course. Yeah. And um, I've got to say, as a result, I do think that they they can be very very dangerous because they do have a very uh, strong team. I mean. Names like, for example, and that's the thing, the new the new signings like Yahanga Baksh, uh, sorry if I mispronounced him, he has mm. barely been playing at all. Locardia, who came in in January, he's also been barely in the team. But uh, Andone, who's just coming, he's scored some, 
He scored a terrific goal the other day. Mm. Um, he's very strong striker. He can cause our defence a lot of problems. And you know, Knockhart's always good uh, for a goal. Pascal Gross. Yeah. They've got some very, yeah, very Gross. Good he's def- fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's. He, they've got some very, very good players. So Knockhart- I really will be careful when approaching Brighton. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So yeah. To this pretty much like like we were saying, not being complacent and being very very wary. But yeah, Kanoka, he won Player of the Championship um, prior to getting promoted, and he just didn't really keep shining. But um, chaps, we have um, talked our socks off. So let's get a score prediction from you both for the Brighton game, Jimmy. Um. Well, that's uh, actually, I think we're going to, I'm not going to be as negative as with the Wolves game where I said we draw, though, you know, it wasn't too far off, but I'm, I think we're going to win again. Yeah. I did, yeah. yeah um, but I, I'll say we're going to win against Brian, but it's going to be a very, very close game. I, I, I'll say 1-0. I think we're going to grind it out. Fair play. Andy? Um, I agree absolutely with the assessment that it will be a close game and maybe we, we will nick it late I think maybe get, go up 1-0 get the equalizer and then yeah maybe in the last last 10 minutes we score the winner so 2-1 uh, with a Glenn Murray goal <laughs> <laughs> off the bench well just to be I think you're both very sensible and that's probably a good prediction but just to be contrary I'm gonna say something opposite I think we're gonna go in like ninjas uh, with terrified sorry he's going to bollock us again after a complacent win and I think we're going to apply his game very very well and do a free one but the goal will be a mistake for the, will be a mistake that uh, a deity like striker form and Glenn Murray will come in <laughs> and score <laughs> may the Glenn Murray meme forever continue um, right boys thank you for coming on these two gentlemen are from another podcast called The Attacking 2 um, it is a Chelsea FC based podcast and they have a whole wide uh, range of different guests um They've had a, a superstar guest in myself. They managed to book on <laughs> uh, my uh, yeah my their my agent managed to get get me on a slot. No, honestly, it's an excellent podcast. I listen to it. They really do range from a uh, loads of different guests. Uh, do one of you want to tell the listeners what kind of stuff you've done and what you do, and just give a bit of information before we wrap up? Jimmy, you want to do that? Andy, the floor's yours. Go on okay, then. okay, okay. Don't mention um, Glenn Murray. Don't mention that. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, he, one, 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 t- one day we will get him on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's on the Don't line. Don't say um, his name again. If you say it too often, he'll appear in your room. <laughs> in, in the mirror, yeah. <laughs> With sore knees. Anyway, go on. Uh, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing this, our fun little podcast every week. And we appear on um, Thursday. So you can always listen in. Uh, we have every every week we have we have new guests uh some people appear a second time they're usually the good ones uh so yeah. if you want if you want to to come on again um that will that will be some yeah a pleasure <laughs> a, mate a, good, a pleasure it's some, yeah. something to write in your cv yeah absolutely uh, um yeah it's it's always we, we try to keep it short now so if you if you're not prepared to listen to a two-hour podcast you're also very welcome with us and yeah, um, many more podcasts coming up this week. We have Alex Goldberg, which we're really looking forward to. And yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. You can like us, follow us, share us. 
uh, on all the platforms. We are on Spotify, on Apple um, Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you want to listen to us. And yeah, so Brilliant. thanks for, for having us. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Jimmy, is there anything you want to add to that or has Andy covered uh, all bases there? Uh, I mean, Andy's covered it perfectly. Um, the, the only other thing that I would like to say, of course, is that um, thank you from from myself as well once again Absolute for the pleasure, collab man. was fantastic very yes. fun yes and we'll have to we'll do it again mate yeah absolutely yeah. all right well thank you ladies and gentlemen yes yeah, so that is um these two gentlemen are from the attacking two pod i just want to reiterate what they've said follow them on social media the attacking Two. subscribe to them whatever app you're using because they are good fun they get good guests and you might even go and listen to the episode if you want to listen to me i'm on an episode on there and i'll try and uh, rank wriggle my way back on but um boys thank you again for coming on to the podcast i'm still alive guys here to do an outro what a great episode Big thanks to the fellows for coming on. Um, hopefully I'll do something again with them soon. And hopefully they enjoy the Europa League game. Um, yeah, this outro is going to be short. <laughs> please uh, please sub to my podcast, guys. Because, you know, I might not last much longer with this illness. Uh, yeah, give me a rating on iTunes and all that nonsense means a lot. Thank you for everyone who subbed and listened to the podcast and um, followed me on Twitter at Chelsea Alec. I love talking about Chelsea and football and other issues, mainly football, mainly Chelsea. Right, up the Chelsea. Keep the blue flag flying high. Carefree, wherever you may be, listener. And I will see you next.